Hello, and welcome to Dr. Quackers, and today we're going to be reviewing Rick and Morty Season 2. This is my favorite season of Rick and Morty. It has the best emotional beats and the best dissection of its characters. A lot of shows can't top its first season, especially adult animation. Uh, some of those examples being something like Big Mouth, Family Guy, The Simpsons. Um, yeah, a lot of those just can't top it. Futurama. But yeah. This show continues the arc of Morty's innocence and naivete. Um, at least the erosion of those two things. The best episode for this statement is Morty Night Run. Uh, Morty still wants to be the hero and helping people uh, in the universe. So uh, Rick, in the beginning of the episode, sells a gun to an assassin and <laughs> for you know from for some money to spend the afternoon at Blitz and Shits. Um, and Morty obviously is very frustrated with Rick on this point that he would be, he'd be selling guns to assassins to murder people because it's like it's like helping assassination essentially I mean it is but that's essentially his point he's like that's just like pulling the trigger and Rick's point is like no it's not you don't you don't really understand how the galaxy works like that's no one really cares Morty um, but yeah so Morty then gets pissed off when they go to Blitz and Shits and then he goes to save or stop the assassin from killing his target. Um, and then he eventually stops the target. And yeah, well, he st stops the assassin. And he meets the target, and it's a cloud that can basically turn, it can add electrons and mess with pretty much everything when it comes to matter, and he can make gold. And so that's why the government of this galaxy wants him. Um, but yeah, he's voiced by the guy, the same guy that does um, Taumatoa from Moana. His name is uh, Jermaine Clement, and he does a great um, voice for this character. I love the song, the uh, Goodbye Moon Man. Um, so yeah, it's great. And so basically, Morty just still wants to be that hero. He wants to help save him. And Rick is essentially forced to help Morty escape with Fart, which is what... Uh, Rick calls him. He's like, I like this name. Fart. Um, but, come to find out at the end of the episode, uh, his life, uh, his his beings go around and destroys all carbon-based life forms. Uh, so, come, come to find out, Morty should have just listened to Rick and let the assassin kill him. Because the guy's entire plan was to destroy the whole universe. <laughs> so, him trying, be, him trying to be the hero would have ultimately made him the villain, similar to what his point with Rick was, like giving the assassin the gun is like pulling the trigger. And that's essentially what Morty did, unknowingly. Um, so Morty is then forced to shoot Fart with the antimatter gun and is then comes to terms that sometimes you just can't meddle in the affairs of the galaxy um, some more. And so, yeah, I just really like that. I like how they continue it. Uh, they even continue it into uh, later episodes. Um, the other episode that comes to mind, at least for me, in terms of, like, the erosion of that side of Morty is the Ricks... The, Rick, the Ricks must gone... must Sorry, the Ricks must be crazy. Um, yeah, it's where they, they go into the car battery, and he learns that basically Rick has created a universe and enslaved it to power his car. Um, and yeah, and you just see, you could see that his change in character and like 
the way he kind of just accepts the, how shitty Rick really kind of is in terms of like how he treats all life and the way he looks at the world and the universe and his role in it. And he just starts, you, you see that big descent in his change without even questioning it in this season. That's where it kind of concludes to. Uh, this season also gives a great arc of Jerry's place in the uh, in the family dynamic. He is put in a daycare for Jerry's, which was created by an alternative alternate universe Rick um, with a bunch of other Jerry's, and he he then comes to find out uh, finds a bunch of Jerry's that uh, that their Rick or Morty's never came back, and he's like, "Why don't you guys?" I, I say we break out of here, and he's like, "No, we can leave at any time." And he's like, "What?" And he's just like. Yeah, that would be illegal for them to make it so we couldn't leave. And he's like, then why don't you leave? And then he, like the other Jerry's look around. They're like, because we're Jerry. Um, and I really like that arc. Is that like, yeah, we're a pushover. We we do whatever we're told. I just kind of really like that. I just like the way that that universe's Jerry kind of gets to get a look, a good look at himself in terms of like how he goes about the universe. And it's funny because then he tries to leave, but then comes right back because he can't survive. Um, which you can tell kind of messes Jerry up on the inside. And I just really liked that episode. It was really interesting. And I thought it was actually more interesting than the Rick and Morty arc of that episode. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, he's constantly ridiculed by the family. Uh, he's in an all time low by asking summer for money in, yeah, and that whole little... It's, it's the same episode. The episode with the Purge. Um, Rick and Morty go to a, a planet that does, has a Purge. And Summer's trying to help Rick. And Jerry's just kind of like... Trying to... Try, just trying to talk to Summer. But in a way that like... Kind of seems manipulative. And Summer keeps calling him all for it. And Jerry's like, Jesus Christ. And then at the end of the end of the conversation... When Summer tries to like give him a... And he's like, you know what, Dad? Maybe I should. And then he asks for money. <laughs> from summer and it's just like a, a great it's just a great scene and dynamic between those characters on that episode it's really entertaining and I really enjoyed it um, although I will say the best episode for, for Jerry's arc is Big Trouble in Little Sanchez um, him and uh, Jerry and Beth go to an alien um, couples therapist and where they take the su- uh, subconscious image of the partner, and then they kind of show that they're not they're, they're not compatible. But it turns out Jerry and uh, Beth's uh, subconscious image of each other are codependent and are able to work together. He's like this tiny little pathetic worm that's a coward, and he'll like shake he'll show his ass to anyone that shows him uh, slight <laughs> threat. Um, and Jerry really try he he then realizes how Beth really looks at him, and same thing for Beth. Beth gets to see that Jerry kind of views her as like this extremely smart but evil kind of creature. Um, but yeah, and then I liked I liked the conclusion that like after seeing Jerry um, meeting his little fucking doppelganger from Beth's mind, he then realizes that he's like, yeah, I, I do act like a little bitch. I need to stand up for myself, and then goes to save Beth from her her evil alien version. Um, and you just get to see him changing the way he tries to act towards Beth. And what's funny about it is that after this episode, anytime he tries to stand up for himself, everyone shits on him. I was like, shut the fuck up, Jerry. And it's just kind of, it's just really great to see that everyone wants him to stand up for himself. But anytime he does, everyone's like, shut the fuck up. And it's just kind of great. I just think it's hilarious. And it's one of the better 
uh, moments of humor in the show in general, especially this season. This season has a great soundtrack. My favorite two tracks are Can You Feel It by KS Chaos and Hurt, the quiet version by Nine Inch Nails. Uh, they play the Can You Feel It song um, during a very pivotal moment in the show. I'll get into why I love the song so much later um, because it goes along with one of my points about Rick. Um, but the also Hurt plays at the final episode of the show where Rick then turns himself in to somewhat save his family and not to burden them with his problems anymore, especially with the Galactic Federation. So he turns himself into the prison and you get to see, uh, it looks as though he abandoned his family and that's how everyone feels, and especially Beth, who had previously been abandoned by Rick when she was a kid. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, it very much plays into the, the scene and I really love the way it's used. And I'm actually a huge fan of Nine Snails. I loved this song before I watched the show, and I just love the use of it. I think it's great. Um, but yeah. However, my favorite storyline is Rick's. I loved getting a deeper look into his psyche and his worldview. Uh, the Rick's must be crazy and autoerotic assimilation. I would say are the best episodes for this. I will. I want to talk about the autoerotic assimilation first. Um, in my opinion, this episode is the best emotional conclusion to any Rick and Morty episode. So this episode is about Rick rekindling you know, somewhat of like a relationship with an old flame of his, uh, Unity, who basically, if you've ever seen any sort of body snatcher film, uh, a lot of old sci-fi movies do this where like an alien will infect itself with a bunch of different people and uh, eventually assimilate everyone on the, on the ship or wherever they're at and they become this one being. And that's essentially what Unity is. She's a symbiotic alien. And it's funny to see Rick, and he's totally fine with it. Um, yeah, it, you really get to see that Rick can have affection and love for somebody. Um, he very You see him before she ends up having to leave him because essentially what happens is that she got her, her shit together and was was actually like she unified a planet and was planning on bec uh, becoming a part of the Federation and to hopefully assimilate more. So she was actually going to get her old yeah. So to get her her plan into fruition, but Rick always kind of seems to undo it in a way that that she that he somehow assimilates her into his lifestyle, and that's essentially what makes her leave him. And it's not because she hates him. She just knows that that's why they can't be together. And you actually get to see Rick um, at an emotional all-time low because he clearly started to have feelings for her. And when he, get, when he gets back, he kind of just... Um, he lets Beth and Jerry be mad at him for having the alien locked up in the basement. <laughs> um well, in the garage. It was a, a hatch in the garage. Um, and he's just like, okay, whatever. And I, it's the scene where they play the song, Can You Feel It by Chaos Chaos. And you essentially get to see Rick try to kill himself. So you see him setting up this little contraption. And he takes this thing out, which you previously, previously saw earlier while Jerry's looking for the cabinets. And it's just like weird little thing mold. And then he pours some liquid on it and it comes back alive and it's this little weird like goo monster I guess and he starts like petting it and then he drinks the chemical that you poured on it and you see him got all tipsy and everything 
and then he sets the contraption up with this thing's head, puts a light bulb on it, and the thing explodes. And then he goes like, okay, it works. And then he goes to put the new light bulb in, and right before it goes to blow his head off, he passes out for like multiple days. And it was just a great emotional beat, especially for Rick, because it's very rare you ever get to see Rick open himself up to anybody or anything. And that's essentially what this whole season arc is for him. Season is everyone like, Rick, you need to learn how to open up to people. It's okay to trust people. And Rick's like, no fucking way, bro. My whole life has shown it. And at the last episode, um, his best friend, uh, bird person, marries uh, a high school senior named Tammy, who was one of Summer's friends. Turns out she's a secret agent working for the Galactic Federation and basically kills all of Rick's friends. Uh, right before, right after he gives a speech about, like, you know what, I'm gonna give trusting people a chance, being though his bird person was able to find someone and get married, and they immediately shut it down, and I, I understand that they want to change the norm necessarily, but it, you can tell that it, he leaves because he wants to protect his family, and it's not for some selfish reason. Uh, the other episode, The Ricks Must Be Crazy, uh, is, like I said previously, it's an episode where his car isn't turning on, so he goes into the battery with Morty, and you find out that he essentially has a planet of slaves who stand on these Google boxes, and they generate power, and come to find out, there's another being on that planet that is like Rick. He's insanely smart. He made his own little universe, and made these little batteries with a, uh, a mini-verse inside the microverse. And, yeah, it's... It was really cool to see how Rick would treat another Rick in terms of like, obviously, because you get to see the Cinnadel Ricks and stuff, but it's different. Um, because he judges this guy for the same things that he was doing before. Like the, um, Morty's porn is like, it's just slavery with extra steps. And he's like, ooh, la la. Someone's going to get laid in college. Um, so, yeah, it's just great. And it's you get to see him learning how to... Um, overcome himself in a way because he has to outdo this other Rick, I guess you would call it. And at the end of the episode, when he finally you know leaves the the microverse, he's like, "Well, yeah, there are two options. One, they start using, they start powering energy from me again, or I destroy the battery and they die. And so the other Rick inside the battery, then you know, peace among worlds, and he flips off the camera." Uh, so yeah, it was just this great little scene to see how Rick would deal with himself and how he probably internally deals with himself. And I just really liked that part. Uh, one of my favorite episodes for sure. Uh, the humor is still awesome. Like the first season, the funniest episode to me is total Rickall. The parasite characters and sleepy Gary, uh, with Jerry is hilarious. Uh, so this episode, uh, someone, tracked in a parasite and what this parasite does it turns makes itself a fictional character and then plants fake memories into thinking that it's real and it just wants to get aside and you know breed and feed and all that stuff and so rick locks down the house and this is where you get to meet one of my favorite side characters uh other than like something like scary terry but it's mr poopy butthole <laughs> it's a stupid name but it, it, the way they use him is pretty hilarious um but yeah, he, they, you see all the parasites, you get great characters like Ghost in a Jar, Pencil Vester, Frankenstein, um, Amish Cyborg. Uh, it's, it's just pretty great. Um, and you get to see how Rick 
views Summer in a way that he always, he kind of always picks her. Like it's most likely her. And Summer's like, "Why do you always pick me?" He's like, "I don't know." But yeah, it's it just like it has like the the stereotypical like Rick and Morty humor. That's basically what this episode's full of. And I I do like um I like a lot of their ad lib humor. Um, where just he, Dan Harmon basically, uh, basically, basically will make up whatever he can think of on the spot, and then, then they animate it later, and I just think it's great. Um, yeah. Sorry, not Dan Harmon, uh, Justin Rowland. Um, yeah, I like the way he'll just, I like his ad lib humor, because some of it's just crazy shit, and it's just kind of funny, just for how ridiculous it can get. So yeah, overall, I, I love this season. I highly recommend it to anyone that likes adult animation, or sci-fi, or even just parody in general. Um, some great, some a lot of great episodes. A lot of my favorite episodes from the whole series is is purely in this season. Um, I do have some others, obviously, but yeah, it, my my favorite episodes are in this season. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna give this season a nine out of ten. Uh, it's a near perfect show. I think it's great. I think some things are a little slower. Like I'm not a, I don't mind the inter interdimensional. Um, two, like uh, it was the interdimensional television. It's okay, but I feel as though it can be a little, little too overused and it can't, it's okay. It's just, it's what brought down the point, the point for me. I like, it's funny. The episode's funny, especially with Jerry trying to give his penis to be used as an alien heart. That side's funny. I don't know. I just feel like when you use a joke too many times, it can kind of get really old. And at this point, having seen it a few times, it just isn't as good as the first, the first, first time they used it. So yeah, that's why it's a nine out of ten, out of ten out of ten. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know this one's a little bit longer. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, I have a bunch of other episodes. You want to go back and give it a listen. <clears throat> I cover a bunch of different uh, <laughs> movies and television. So I hope you at least can find something else that you like that I reviewed. Um, if you want to reach out to me on social media, I have an Instagram page. It's Dr. Quacker's Movie Reviews. Um, I post stuff that you wouldn't necessarily see on this po or hear me talk about on this podcast. Like I do talk about a lot of stand-up comedy, and I will talk about um, like favorite characters or like what I'm hoping for to come out or certain characters I'd like to see, some, like say in the MCU. So you can see more of like the opinion-based stuff. Uh, or, yeah, objectively opinionated stuff there. So, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode, and have a good day.